the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Let's start thinking positively. Flops are part of life's menu. I've never been a girl to miss out on any of the courses. That's Rosalind Russell, the actress. She was a funny lady, by the way, and a very bright lady. Whether or not we realize it, each of us has within us the ability to set some kind of example for people. Knowing this, would you rather be known for the one being, or being the one who encourages others or the one who inadvertently discourages those around you, especially children? Josh Hines, syndicated columnist. Formula for success, under-promise and over-achieve. That's Tom Peters. Okay, so uh, we always talk about you know where to where to go to find us. Uh, the best place is you can either go to WHK fourteen twenty AM uh, and go to local podcasts. Go to Tim Hayes and uh, I show up. And by the way, you can go directly to my webpage from there. So if you want to get any material that we talk about on the show, uh, you're more than welcome. Also, you can Google or Bing Tim Hayes Radio and I show up. You can always tell it's me because right below my picture, the pictures in an ocean and. Uh, it says, remember, buy low, sell high. Uh, next week, we should have the seminar information out there. Uh, so we'll just talk about that right now. Uh, April 8th, we're going to have uh, a deep value manager in, in Marshfield. Uh, excellent manager. Uh, very seldom have they lost. You know, I've never seen them lose a lot of money. Uh, you know, they've had a couple down years, maybe 1% or 2%. And then they had, uh, you know, in 2008, everybody was down about 10, 15, uh, where they were down 10, 15 of me where most everybody was down 20, 27 to, to 35, 40%. So they, they did a great job of uh, making sure that your capital is maintained, which is, I, I think is important. Then we have Bob Dickey, who's the opposite of the pole. These guys are Graham and Dodd people, okay? So they're studying the books. They're studying the numbers. Bob is a technician. And last year at his show, uh, he said there was an 18% you know, move that could come. From the upline to the downline, he hit the nail on the head. He hit the nail on the head, and uh, you know he. he <laughs> if you were there, you you understood. But you know, look, we had uh, sixty three people there last year. Nineteen of them said it was the best uh, seminar they've ever been to. That's not a bad uh, thing to go about. I also, um, do you have the old insurance or do you have the new kind of insurance? If you have the old insurance, well, I tell you, if you bought term life. 15 years ago, uh, you should have somebody review your port, uh, your uh, uh, policy. As simple as that. Got a new newsletter out for March. Uh, due date approaches for 2018 federal tax returns. How much have you thought about health and health care costs in retirement? And four reasons your parents might be in financial uh, trouble. Uh, once again, I, f- I finally had some people actually call in for this, which was great. 
you know, we had our technology, internet, media, and telecommunications conference, and I'm almost afraid to send this out now because a lot of the names that they're talking about. I mean, Roku was up ten bucks Friday. Uh, you know, they were. Uh, some of these names are up just huge. Uh, Rapid Seven up like thirty percent. Teradata, uh, Trade Trade Desk. You know, their their Trade Desk was up like thirty bucks on Friday. So, uh, so a lot of these names are up big. So, it, um, but it's worth still reading about for the future. I highly recommend it. Um, I also sent out to a lot of my my uh, prospective uh, clients and clients. Something that I thought was excellent. It's called rewriting retirement. Uh, I just said that if you if you'd like to get it, uh, you know, I sent the email out. If you'd like to get it, let us know because it's a pretty big uh, file. Uh, but if you are in retirement or about to retire, this is something you should read. It's probably one of the best pieces I think RBC has put out. So I'm going to highly recommend it. Uh, that's rewriting retirement. Uh, you have to go to my web page to get it. Obviously. Um, all right, let's, oh, one other thing. I, I, well, yeah, let, let, let's do one thing first and the other second. So, uh, according to uh, a recent survey, Americans spend nearly half of their waking hours looking at screens. Supposedly average American sleeps eight hours and uh, the other uh, six hours and 43 minutes, they look at the screen. China recorded 323.32 billion in surplus with the U S in 2018, a 17% jump. Uh, so if you're wondering why we're doing this tariff thing, that's that's the reason. According to Pew Research Center, Americans are becoming less reliant on physical currency. Roughly three in ten adults, uh, they have made no net cash purchases. Isn't that interesting, huh? You know, last year, uh, last week we talked about, uh, you know, we, we discussed uh, some federal and state taxes uh, during retirements. But we also talked about... Uh, a way to look at a wealth strategy uh, by taking a look at your trusts or, you know, what you should be looking for, like your medical power attorney, financial power attorney, et cetera. Now, one of the things that I have found with trusts is that 99% of them are technically perfect. However, uh, they don't always uh, do what you want them to do. Okay. And if you would like to have your uh, trust looked at, we have some people on board that uh, would be able to do that. All right. So I just um, look, for example, we I had a, uh, some questions from some of my clients about qualified charitable distributions um, and, and how we report them by uh, RBC. And there's a form 1099R that is uh, not the QCD related reporting means. OK, so um, but one of the things that we found that is a lot of people are taking this money out of their taxable accounts instead of taking it out of their IRA and giving it to the people. Then the IRA never gets taxed. Okay? So this is the type of information that we can help you with. So if you'd like your trust looked at, uh, please give us a call. Uh, it's 888-223-7742. Just to make sure, look, like I said, 99% of them are technically correct. The question is, are they doing what you really want them to? Okay. That's the key. So, so somebody asked me about Social Security, and and uh, by the way, I, um, MFS has a great reference guide uh, that I believe I can get more of if you'd like one. Uh, it's just a phenomenal piece, little booklet, uh, you know, five by seven booklet that goes through it. But look, 
Annual Social Security statements are available electronically if you want to go to www.ss.gov. As they're now being mailed to workers beginning age 25, and they they do them every five years. Based on the highest 35 years of index uh, earnings, working a few extra years can increase your benefits. Uh, You need 40 credits to qualify for those benefits, benefits, earn a maximum of four credits per year. And workers taxed on earnings at 6.2%, earnings above 128%, are not subject to Social Security tax. Okay? Uh, The uh, 2018 maximum Social Security benefit at full retirement age is monthly is 27.88 and annually is 33.457. Uh, look, there's all sorts of benefits, survival and stuff, and we can go into that. But I just uh, I mentioned that we have these books that are available. Please let us know. You know, I've been talking about dividend growth now for about 14 years on the show. <laughs> just, you know, kind of, you know, beating the dead horse. But uh, it, it's what it's all about. OK, you can't fake a dividend. So if you're wondering, look, uh, well, you, you, once the dividends cut, you got to hit the road for a while uh, and. You know, Heinz was a perfect example. There was all sorts of rumors about them, and, you know, that's one of Warren Buffett's biggest positions. So they were down like 13, 14 bucks, almost 25% on Friday. So uh, if you cut the dividend, you got a problem. If the dividend starts to grow, you got a problem. You know, there's a lot of things going on. But dividend growth stocks were in Barron's this weekend, or this week, I'm sorry. It said dividend growth stocks are great, but not all the time. Uh, they said in, in a lot of the cases, uh, you know, in down markets, the dividend growth portfolios tend to outperform, where in up markets, it's it's some of the more aggressive uh, portfolios that outperform, which is the way it should be. So the question is, you know, why not have a little bit of both? Okay, uh, look, you know, I own, I, I bought and sold Roku twice, and and uh, for my traders, and uh, now the investors are up like thirty, forty percent. It was up ten bucks Friday. I think it's going to go a, be a big one. Okay, so. Um, you know, by the way, I wouldn't buy it here, <laughs> uh, but you know, you can have some of the, you know, I've been talking about these software names. They've been not going to cover off the ball. All right. But in the meantime, Altria had a seven and a half percent yield just a, a month ago. All right. That's a dividend growth portfolio. So leave it at that. You know, there was a lot of bad news this week economically, and I'll just say the Philadelphia Fed index was, was a negative territory for the first time since 2016. Uh, the leading economic indicators fell to just 1.6%. Um, you know, that was not good. Uh, the Atlanta Fed GDP uh, model fell to just 1.4%. Uh, so there's a lot of bad news. And, and with that, we saw the year curve flatten some more, which is something I'm not sure I, I like. And, and then I looked at the 10-year yield. It's testing its technical levels. So I'm not talking about the yield now. So, you know, we're, we're seeing some things that we don't like. Um you know, we still haven't broken the downtrend line, which is the psychological barrier that holds things down on the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield dating back all the way to, to <laughs> 1982. Okay, so from that high when Paul Volcker raised rates all the way up, we still haven't broken through that. We came very close this year, and then uh, I think the Fed, you know, just whacked it. So, hey, look um, – there was a great article uh, in a couple different magazines, one by a guy named John Lewis, who's uh, uh, he's with the NASDAQ and Dorsey Wright, by the way. And he, and he talks about the cost of being undisciplined. And I talk about relative strength on this chart, uh, on this show all the time. 
and that's what he's talking about. The Waze relative strength will help your trading. And if you buy the company with the best relative strength in the best group, you'll usually outperform almost everything. So, uh, you know, he, he talks about the, uh, the XL, XLY and how it, it took off and, uh, how the relative strength gave a buy signal right away, you know. So, well, look, a couple things. Growth is still leading the pack. Okay. There's no doubt about it. Growth is out in front. Uh, mid cap growth is where all the software names are. And that is just, boy, they're going crazy there. Uh, so the other thing I'd noticed is that the Russell is outperforming everything. The Russell's up 21.8% so far this year. So that small cap move that we talked about at the end of the year is working. It's working big. Uh, in the meantime, you know, the mid cap growth now work ranks third out of all asset classes. Uh, and I thought it was interesting. This, this week was the first week we had money going into domestic equities, uh, for the, for the whole year. So while the market's going up, institutions are, are getting in big and the retail investor has put, uh, three, well, they, we had $2.7 trillion in the money market. We now have 3.1 trillion. So the, the, the uh, retail investors out to lunch again. And I was going to go over some other stuff, but uh, one thing I will say, the CBO volatility index went into a column of O's, which means it's probably heading south. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more from the Smart Investor Show. Okay, we're back, and, and don't forget, seminar April 8th at the Marriott uh, Airport Hotel, 6 to 8. We're going to have Marshfield, who's just a wonderful, you know, they've basically, you know, been beating the S&P 500 by 2 to 3 percentage points now for a pretty long time. And uh, Bob Dickey, who's a highly decorated technician, uh, several times was on with uh, uh, CNBC. Uh, the guy's been around the block a couple times. He's very good at what he does. Let me tell you, I, I follow his stuff uh, almost, uh, well, every day I follow it is what I do. Uh, so they'll be in town April 8th. And like I said, last time we had this, uh, 63 people attended, 19 said it was one of the best seminars they've ever been to. Uh, also, um, don't forget, if, if you want to get any of the information I'm talking about, and I'm just about to talk about some of the lists we have, the dividend growth portfolio has been great. The prime income list for those who are retired who are looking for uh, income. Some of the, I mean, the list itself has a higher yield than most of the bonds I've seen out there. Uh, and, you know, it's, we're talking about utilities, and so there's been upside too. So uh, REITs, utilities, that type of thing. Also, our newsletter, if you'd like to get that. So you just go to uh, Google or Bing, Tim Hayes Radio, and I show up. Or you can go to WHK1420 and uh, hit the local podcast and, and then go down the Tim Hayes, and then my webpage shows up. So, by the way, if, if you're wondering if any of this stuff is true that I talk about on the show, please, you know, look back uh, show after show after show. If you need a nap, <laughs> there's another way. If you need a nap in the afternoon, you're real tired, uh, just listen to a, like 45 minutes of it, I'll have you asleep. 
You know, uh, I just I just want to mention one more time, the volatility index did go into a column of O's. Uh, that means volatility is coming down, which is a good thing for the stock market, okay? Uh, and I'm going to talk about some really good things I've seen so far. You know, I, I also talked up there's a there's an old uh, adage about when a stock breaks 90, there's a huge chance it's going to 100. And I've got a list of names that look like they're going to go, but I'm not going to mention them on the show. Uh, and it's a lot of people use options that way. Uh, you know, some of the guys on CNBC have been talking about that in the past. And um, I've actually done it for quite a few clients who are really aggressive. You know what I mean? But uh, anyway, the one thing um, we did notice is that almost all the indexes uh, broke above their 200-day moving average, and we got one more to go. But uh, in the meantime, I, I, I listened into um, Tom, uh, Tom McQuellen uh, from McQuellen Oscillator, and he's one smart guy, by the way. And he, he, he said a couple things. Uh, number one, when oil price slide ha- occurs, usually it's 10 to 12 years after that that it leads the market by. So he thinks the chance that, you know, 2024 there could be another market blow-up. Uh, but there's, you know, there's always one or two in a, in a roaring bull market. The other thing is he says he sees no problems till 2021. And I sent out an email to everybody. I said, if there's a pullback, you want to buy the pullback because I think it's going to be the last pullback for a while. And he's saying the same thing. He says there's no problems till 2021. That's a year and a half away, by the way. Uh, and he, he said gold looks like near term and had a little bit of a blow off top. Uh, but, you know, he, he is kind of he's paying close attention because he, he he says if it if it breaks a certain number, which is thirteen seventy five, by the way, which I was going to mention later, is it's going to be good. You know, um, I looked at some of the charts and I listened to Bob Schleimer this week from uh, Fundstrat. He's a smart guy. One of the things he talked about was the monthly quadrant balance data, and you know, the monthly uh, quadrant balance data is now turning up. That's a very bullish sign when the monthly does. Okay, now the weekly, uh, what we've seen is that you know. I think, and he said the same thing I said, so I'm, I agree with everybody that agrees with me. Uh, but he, he says he thinks there's second quarter we could have a pullback, but it'll be shallow. And I've been saying that for a while now. So uh, now one of the things that's really bullish is the advanced decline line is rallying above its November highs. So that's that's a good thing. And the Russell, the relative performance continues to reverse from the fourth quarter downtrend. And it's now broken over its moving average. So uh, I, I think the Russell, you know, being up 21%, uh, you know, look, everybody's in index funds. But the, the small caps are the cheapest. So everybody being in index funds sounds like, like to me like lemmings. And, and you know, I, I look, I love the people at Vanguard. I know Mr. Bogle died. Uh, but I'm telling you, he was talking his own book. Okay. That was his book of business right there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I could talk my book about this too if I, if I, if necessarily need to. Okay. The one thing I will say is mid cap growth is doing better than almost everything. And look, I, I looked at a couple things. The percentage of stocks above their 200 day moving average is very early in a cyclical recovery. The other thing is the stocks above their 50 day moving average is very overbought, but it's a good overbought. Okay. Because the 200 is turning up too. So I just mentioned that. I mentioned China last week. The China Shanghai Composite, which is not the FXI or the CNH or any of those names, it's it's a much bigger, bigger name, uh, has broken its downtrend line, and I've said that a couple weeks in a row now. But the relative performance for the US, to the S&P 500 
is slowly but surely improving. And you know why? It's because, you know, we talked about the dollar being a little overbought and had quite a bit of resistance in the 97, 98 area. And it, it's, you know, the daily momentum seems to be peaking in the dollar for a while. So, uh, we don't know how long it's going to last. Um, but, you know, whatever. Uh, if the dollar does continue to slide, um, a little bit, and I'm not, I don't think it's going to be a bear market for the dollar. Okay. I think it's just going to be a slide a little bit. Uh, you know, oil should pick up and I, I think oil goes somewhere between 60 and 64. That'd be my guess. And I looked at the XAU, which is the uh, gold spot index on the on the CBOE, and it's been range bound, uh, you know, between thirteen hundred and thirteen seventy five for you know almost four years now. So if it were to break the fourteen hundred mark, I would say you know we're off to the races. And uh, but we we haven't seen that yet. Now one of the things I did see is I talked about copper. Remember copper like eighteen straight weeks in a row was up. Uh, that was back in you know the summer. Well, copper is now broken out of an 18, eh, make it an eight-month, eight-month uh, consolidation. So that's very, very positive. The, the GDX, the gold miners index, large gold miner index, has broken out from its downtrend line. That downtrend line is that psychological barrier that, you know, whatever the particular commodity, stock, or whatever, it has a hard time getting through. Well, it's broken through that. That's a positive. So actually, the gold miners are doing better than gold. That's number one. Number two. We've had a couple takeovers. Uh, American uh, Barrick Corp, who used to be American Barracks, you know, there's some rumors about them buying Newmont, and they've already bought uh, another company. So, uh, you know, when uh, they start to buy things, you got to pay attention. That's when they're cheap, okay? Um, if you look at the XOP, uh, which is, you know, our, uh, well, it's a very lagging sector, it's the oil sector. It looks like it made a low, and it might if it breaks out here, it would be a higher low, and that's something that uh, is very, very positive. Okay, I mean those are the type of things that uh, we all look for. Um, so, look, uh, I was right on oil for a while, and then uh, you know, <laughs> Mr. Powell spoke, and uh, he he blew the oil market up. I've never seen in my career oil drop thirty five percent in twelve trading days. So that tells you that. You know, we got whacked. Now, it also tells me that maybe we sold off too much in the fall, and that's why we're making up so much ground in in the you know when the Fed said huh, uh, maybe not. Okay, so um, you know sometimes the market uh, misinterprets things and and gets carried away. So, well, look, I I was looking at uh, you know l- last week I said we were very close to the two hundred day moving average, so we broke above that. In the S and P 500 this week, and the, we had already taken care of that in the in the Dow, and now it looks like uh, the Nasdaq Composite's going to. Now the Nasdaq Composite's got a couple main components in there that were very were, which were parabolic, and I think they're going to la- they're going to lag for a while. The other thing is, like I said, it's the first 10 year rolling period where growth has outperformed value. And and my in my back of my mind, if the dollar goes down, I think that reverses. So and and that's in the history of the stock market. That's a long time, folks. All right, small and mid caps, uh, as I said at 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 the end of the year, will probably be the place. They're the cheapest. They are leading the way. Uh, and a matter of fact, if you look at all of them, uh, you know, no matter which index, whether it's the Russell, the S and P five hundred, small cap and, and mid cap. Uh, you know, some of the first trust names, you know, first trust has some great, uh, uh, what they call alpha decks, uh, 
ETFs. And if you don't understand that is, you got to call me. But, you know, there you go. The other thing is, is my main question is, is energy, energy up to bat yet? You know, are they on deck? Uh, because they're cheap. I mean, I know companies that are the cheapest I've ever seen in my time, you know, uh, dealing with the oil patch. But, uh, um, you know, I did also notice that uh, one of our analysts who, who follows things like Avon and Cotty and uh, SD Lauder and stuff like that has been hitting the cover off the ball. He had Cotty as a buy at six and a half, seven, and, you know, it's now 11, down from 13. Uh, Avon, he had, he had as a uh, outperform at two bucks. It's now three and a half, you know, so there's been some pretty good, interesting trades there. Uh, be By the way, he, He's pulled back on those, so they're not recommendations. Uh, but his, a lot of his stocks are looking really good. You know, um, somebody asked me what is one of the keys to, you know, what you look for. And, and I'm going to emphasize this again, and I talked about it at the beginning of the show. Look, if you don't have a discipline, if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a, you know, if you're not looking at rising relative strength and you're not looking at, you got to look, you got to have a plan, Okay. What has worked for you in the past will work for you again. And that that's uh, simple as that. But, you know, look, I think the first thing is you've got to figure out what the trend of the market is. That's what we talk about the bullish percent every week. Okay. The second thing is what is the balance of the fundamental evidence versus the technical evidence? Okay. If you can get those, combine those two together, usually you're going to do quite, quite well. Uh, and that's why we talk about the technical side, you know, if you think Fidelity isn't doing that, if you think T. Rowe Price isn't doing that, if you don't think Vanguard's not doing that, you're dead wrong. Uh, you know, so there we go. And uh, uh, so, look, we've, we've had, um, there's something called an ITPMO uh, um, buy signal, and we've had that on the industrials, the S&P 500, and we're very close to it uh, on a couple other names, uh, you know, the NASDAQ composite to be exact. So, you know, you, you just, uh, I, I think you just want to be, uh, if you can get a pullback, <laughs> which has been pretty hard to do this year, you know, uh, and, and boy, you, you'd go back to that, uh, you know, right before Christmas when I said, hey, don't get too bearish. Bye. Okay. And th- that is coming back to haunt us. I, I didn't buy enough. I bought some, but I didn't buy enough. I had a lot of people not answering the phones, which is good. But I, I, um, I think, uh, there's be one more pullback and it'll be the time to really get in. Stay tuned. This is the Smart Investor Show. We'll be right back with the bullish percent. Took a stroll on the old long walk of the day. I, I, I met a little girl and we stopped to talk of a fine soft day. I, and I asked you, friend. Okay, we're back. Um, if you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. Once again, if you, you just heard part of it and you'd like to hear all of it, you know, go to WHK1420 AM and hit the local podcast. Go down to Tim Hayes and uh, you can actually go to my webpage and see uh, that sorry looking kisser of mine. All right? And, uh, uh, the podcasts are all there. So if anything you question on this show, if you know that I said or didn't say, please go back and look. All right. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a scenario where, um, I'm, I'm fairly open and when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. All right. Look, uh, I sent out something that said, if we have a pullback, it'll be the best time to buy. Well, we haven't had a pullback. 
So I'm kind of wrong on the pullback. But, you know, at the end of the year, I was saying, hey, you know, don't get too bearish. So um, anyway, the, the point is this. Uh, uh, it's there for your, you know, uh, needs, wants, desires. We can You can also hit there and get our best ideas, our, you know, our technology, Internet media, and, and telecommunications conference information. Uh, our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list. Our best ideas have had a couple good years in a row, too, by the way. Um, by the way, I think our ADR list, our American Depository Receipt, those are foreign stocks that you can buy here uh, so you don't, you don't get hit by currencies. I think it's kind of time to be looking at that back again. So uh, I'll, I'll open that up to anybody who wants it. So the bullish percent was uh, designed by Ernie Staby way back in the, I think it was late 20s, uh, early 30s. He's a protege of Charles Dow. And what he wanted to do is be bearish at the top and bullish at the bottom. Okay? So he had a chart from 0 to 100, X's and O's. X's means we have the offensive team on the field, which is where we are now. O's is when we have distribution. Now, look, there are other things that go along with this, like, uh, you know, uh, do how are domestic equities looking compared to bonds, you know, that type of thing. Back in 2008, we said on this show that domestic equities would underperform the money market. And the money market was only yielding 0.05% at that point. Okay, so there's a pretty good chance that you're going to lose money in the stock market that year. Uh, so there's other things going on. Domestic equities, just, they hold the number one place right now. Uh, international equities are catching up, so that'll be interesting if they overtake. There are still uh, a few buy signals away, but uh, we'll look. Right now, we're at 51.6%. We're up another 6.7%. Three and a half weeks ago, we were at 24, and I was saying buy. Okay, Uh over-the-counter index was uh, at 42.3%, up 4.2%. That's still good. By the way, you can still buy here. This is, these, you know, it is a long way from 50 to 70, okay? And with over-the-counter, is a long way from 42 to 70, so not to worry. World indexes, 41, up two, up 3.2%. Uh, so they're all, you know, we're all in a column of Xs. Things are good. The high-low indicators remain in Xs. They're, they're up there, right? They're up in the 80s. So there could be, a you know, a quick, swift sell-off and, Everybody gets nervous and all that stuff, and, you know, it's the end of the world, and that'd be a good buying opportunity. But I do think for the next two years, this now is a really, really good time if we get this, you know, just a brief, and, and I think it's going to be a brief, shallow sell-off. And then I think we're just going to, it's going to be a, a gradual thing. We'll go sideways maybe into the end of the year, and then 2020 would be a inter- very interesting year. I looked at all the charts, uh, you know, the Dow, the small cap, the large cap, the the mid-cap, the QQQs. Uh, the best-looking chart, by the way, is the RSP, which is the uh, equal weight 500. Uh, that is really looking uh, outstanding right now. The the small cap and the uh, and the mid-cap, year-to-date, are up big. And and uh, so I think you, you want to look at those on any pullback. That's, you know, and then the, the uh, uh, equal weight, S&P 500 index. Matter of fact, you know, if you have that in your 401k, that's the one you want to be in, not in a, in the market cap. Uh, they, they've beat it by, uh, by an average of like three, four percentage points a year, uh, over a long period of time. Uh, the small cap fund did break a, a, a double top, uh, just this week. So, uh, that's really starting to look almost excellent, you know, uh, and remember what we talked about was, well, small caps were like two and a half, two and three quarter standard deviations below normal and almost four below large cap stocks. So they're cheap. Uh, they're the cheapest they've ever been. And value stocks are cheap. I mean, so we've had this bifurcated market where 
you've had the, the FANG stocks going nuts, and now they're looking shaky. Okay, And what happens to the FANG stocks when Uber comes out or Pinterest or Lyft? You know, are they the next ones that, you know, do you, is growth decelerating at, at uh, some of the bigger names? You know, who knows? But look, if I look at the d- default chart on the uh, IJH, which is the, the mid cap 400 index, it really got pummeled. Now, the, the thing about the, uh, the small cap index is the uptrend line was so far below that it never really broke its uptrend line. In the case of the, uh, the mid cap, the uptrend line was so close to where they were, they went down and then came back up and broke the downtrend line. So then they not only broke the uptrend line, but they reversed up and broke the uptrend line, I mean the downtrend line, which is very, very positive. Like I said, overbought, but in a good way. Let me say that again. Overbought, but in a good way. You know, the monthly numbers are starting to turn up. So, And, and then I looked at, uh, you know, <laughs> the first week of January, I, I made note that we... we we were sitting at 18% on the bullish percent for each uh, for all the sectors. Okay. And I suggested that there was no sector that was favored. Anybody remember that? (laughs) Call me if you did. Uh, In the meantime, gaming has just gone nuts. It's, and it's still unfavored. It, it, it's up at 80. And uh, uh, so I'm just going to talk about the favorite sectors from here on in though. So, Software and electric utilities are at 65. You might want to, you know, wait on those a little bit. Like I said, software's gone nuts. Uh, gas utilities are, are at 60. I'd still wait on those. Healthcare and insurance are at 55. Uh, those, that's not a bad place to buy. Wall Street and, uh, telecom and, and protection services are at, uh, 50. Uh, buy those with both hands. Biotech, restaurants and housing are at 44. Uh, like buy those with both hands. And precious metals, um, uh, are at uh, 30 and uh, so precious metals moved up a little bit they were at 22 so we had almost of the 40 sectors we only had three above 30 now we have nothing below 30 uh no i'm sorry we have three we have oil oil services that's it drugs and and non-ferrous metals have moved up too so uh big big moves and uh you know you guys gotta uh, pay attention and like i said i think what you want to be doing is uh, uh, using any kind of corrective phase to step back into the market. Uh, look, there's a lot of people went to cash. I think it was the wrong thing to do. Kind of emphasize that. Um, you know, I had a gentleman um, who, who uh, doesn't listen to me very often, and uh, he's a great guy, good friend of mine now. And uh, I, I, I told him basically, you know, I sent him a, a note that the bullish percent had turned down and, and – uh, October. So he called me and he said, you know, I think we should go to 40% cash. It's a great idea. And then the next day Powell spoke and he says, that was a really great idea. Should we buy back? And I said, no, wait, you know, wait. And then Christmas Eve, I called them and I said, look, you know, you want to, you want to buy some stuff. And so uh, we bought some stuff and uh, <laughs> he says, you know, I, I think I'm getting the hang of this. <laughs> and this is the same thing we've been talking about for years, but anyway, um, it works. So um, I was looking at, you know, uh, which groups had improved. Savings and loan, which was totally unfavored, is now, you know, creeping up to be an average. Oil service retail uh, went to average, and computers went from favored sector down to average. And telecom went to favored sector. 
Now, I've been talking about telecom for some time now, and it's the first time I've talked about telecom on this show. All right? In 18, 14, 18 years. Okay? So it's been a long time. So telecom, is, you know, 5G is coming. Even Mr. Trump talked about it last week. 5G and 6G. I don't know what the heck 6G is, but <laughs> I know what 5G is. Just imagine, uh, you know, you, you and your wife are having, or you and your husband are having a glass of wine, and you're, you got, you know, your kids or your, your grandkids with you, and you're watching Star Wars. And Luke Skywalker walks up behind you as a hologram. That's what 5G is going to be when it gets to top speed. The Hong Kong index on the international side uh, broke its downtrend line, and, and I was looking at the Hang Seng index, but I looked at several different uh, ETFs in Hong Kong, and almost all of them reversed up. Uh, you know, some of them held up better than the Hang Seng, but a lot of them held up. Um, I did notice that we, uh, you know, the 10-year Treasury yield is still in the column of O's, and it, it looks like it could be heading south for the winter. Um, we are flat. The yield curve is flattening. We haven't had an inversion yet, but we do have a flattening. Uh, but look, if I was, you know, putting together a uh, portfolio, I would look at 25% high yield, 25% senior loan, 25% preferreds, and 25% convertible securities. That way you can participate on all across the board. All right. So uh, something, you know, the, my, my point of view anyway. Um, look, a lot of active... Uh, Large cap managers have been underperforming. They've struggled in the last couple of years because the index, the people have just been shoving money into the index. I think that time's just about to end. So, uh, you know, I've been saying for a while, uh, there's now, you know, uh, Marshfield's been beating uh, the S&P 500 almost every year. You know, they were up uh, almost 3.5% last year. Uh, market was down 5 uh, But I'm starting to see a lot of value managers, you know, just, just, lifting off this year okay uh and and that's good because value has you know underperformed for a pretty long time uh and and oil uh, has been you know i looked at the commodities this week and oil's been positive for eight weeks gold's been positive for 12 weeks copper five weeks and the only one that hasn't really broken out yet of this little downtrend is gold and you know gold gets needs to get to 1375 as i said earlier i am noticing that if i looked at the relative strength um of gold index versus gold, uh, the gold miners, I'm sorry, GDX is, is the one way uh, to access exposure from the equity side, while GLD is the other physical side. But uh, right now, uh, the GDX is uh, winning the race. So there you go. As far as relative strength, buy signals didn't have many this week, but uh, incest therapeutics, there was a great article about that, by the way, just recently. Um, Sleep number, Corp, Superior Energy, and Vince Holdings. Uh, on the sell side, now this is where, you know, look, you, you don't have to sell the stocks, but you better check your fundamentals. Uh, Club, Town Sports International, and Park Electron, Electrical Mechanical. Uh, I did notice that the dollar was, uh, which we had been overbought, is starting to fade where, the, where oil and gold are starting to pick up, which, you know, they, they usually uh, go both ways. But, you know, over the last 30 days, we've seen nine of the 40 sectors move to favored status, you know, where we had none before. Uh, we, we also noticed this week that the restaurant sector uh, on Friday turned up. Uh, and we have a lot of good-looking restaurants. Uh, you know, if we look at the, the number of stocks right now that are on a, on a buy signal uh, in, in a column of X's, that type of thing, uh, you know, restaurant groups looks really good. So, um, uh, you know, for those of you who are 
participating, you know, uh, restaurants. Actually, I, I have a list of them. Uh, you know, Dine Equity blew the cover off the ball in their earnings. Uh, we've been very fond of that stock for a while. And I think there's others out there. And they have decent dividends. Uh, there's one where Starboard Value just bought a big position in. In the meantime, uh, stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. We'll be right back. If you see a faded sign at the side of the road that says 15 miles to the love shack. Love shack, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Okay, we're back. Uh, if you just tuned in, this is Martin Investor Show. And uh, once again, uh, April 8th, Marriott at the airport, 6 to 8. We're having our friends from Marshfield, uh, great, one of the best deep value managers I know, uh, and Bob Dickey, who's one of the head technical guys. So we're doing fundamentals and technicals. And Bob was right. He said, uh, uh, Last year, there's an 18% move between the top line and the bottom line. That's exactly how much we corrected, folks. By the way, everybody was giving Marshfield a hard time about Chipotle last year. Chipotle was the single best performer in the S&P 500 last year. <laughs> Matter of fact, four days after the the uh, uh, the conference, uh, Chipotle announced a new CEO and <laughs> rocket ship. So anyway... Uh, we look at uh, insiders uh, from time to time, like every week, <laughs> because insiders are important. You know, uh, who do you think is going to know the company better? You or the CEO? You or the CFO? You or the chief operating officer? <laughs> you don't have a chance. All right. It's that simple. So you can look at the books all you want. Uh, but look, people sell for a lot of reasons. They buy for one. They want to make money. It's that simple. So. Uh, so we had a couple, we had quite a few names here. Uh, Dow DuPont, we had uh, four people, the CFO, the CEO, the chief operating officer, and and the former CEO from the DuPont area, all buy about 104,000 shares each. They actually acquired them via options, but they didn't sell any of them. That's a good sign. By the way, they're breaking up the company uh, slowly but surely. And I, look, uh, when you have spinoffs, it's like sending your kid to college, okay? You want to make sure they have enough money. And, you know, nowadays, back, back when I was a kid, there's no such thing as a cell phone. Or, you know, if you had a black and white TV, you were happy. Uh, but, you know, they got a flat screen TV. They got all the, you know, all the good stuff. Uh, so when they spin companies off now, it's your little baby, man. You know, it's your kid going to college. Uh, son or daughter, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you want it to do well, all right? So, uh and then they had one other buyer, 51000 But 104000 of a $55 stock is a lot of money. A lot of money. Now, here's an interesting one. It just, it's just got hammered. It's called National Holdings. It's a, an investment brokerage house. And there's a guy named Asher, and he bought uh, $2.856 million worth. And uh, he's bought three or four times. Now, here's a really interesting one, um, and I don't, this isn't for widows or orphans or anything, but it's called Oakbridge Re, Oxbridge Re Holdings. It's an insurance company. 
And uh, there's a gentleman who's a 10% owner, and you got to look it up yourself. Uh, he had 16 buys. He, he bought $2.37 million worth. Uh, and he already owns 10%. You, you get, get interested there. And then restaurant brands, a restaurant company. What did we just talk about in the last segment? The president, at a new high, bought $3.785 million worth. International Flavors, which is you know just got killed. It was 145 It's 129 uh, Winter Winter Investments is a fifteen. I'm a twelve percent owner now, but another fifteen million dollars worth. Love seeing that. Uh, and then we a couple names that I really think are really kind of interesting. You know, we had uh, American Trust AAT, and uh, that's up like ten bucks. And by the way, Heister was the other one. Uh, you know, I bought some of that for for some aggressive guys around fifty eight. It's now in the seventies. AAT AAT was in the in the high twenties when these guys started buying. It's now in the low forties. So here's another one that uh, is uh, AG Mortgage Trust, uh, and you know, the CEO bought eighty five thousand shares. The CEO bought uh, COO bought a hundred uh, or yeah seventeen thousand five hundred dollars, and then uh, but we also had uh, the chairman buy fifty thousand shares. Uh, and he, he owns about 250 already, so that's that's kind of interesting. Now, here's one for all you guys that like to roll the dice. Uh, Genosea Biosciences. It's a 52-cent stock. Uh, a director, well, there was 11 buyers of $4.688 million, okay? As several of these buyers were uh, like Winder, is a 10% owner already, uh, but they did a spot secondary and all the insiders bought directors, CFO, CEO, chairman, plus, you know, the two 10% owners. Uh, uh, they also had uh, NEA, which is uh, a, a hedge fund. That's very well known. They bought 10%. So uh, that's a lot of money, you know? Uh, so anyway, the point is the 52 cent stock. So it's not for widows or orphans. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be going crazy on it, but um for those of you who like to roll the dice occasionally. Uh, not recommending it, by the way, just so you know. Uh, anyway, so um, let's review what we talked about today. Number one, the Chinese breakout. You know, the the, uh, the broad market index in China has, has broken its downtrend line. That's usually the first sign uh, that things are getting better. And I think that's something that you really have to take, take in, into account. Um, you know, I've been talking about banking stocks and... and um, so far, I've been, you know, I've been looking for the financials to lead, and they're not leading. So I've been wrong. You know, sometimes you're wrong, and they haven't been going down that much either. Now, I'm also starting to see some early signs of some brokerage firms and some financials that look really, really good. Um, you know, early in the early in the process, but uh, they do look good. And I think uh, the financial, especially the bank indexes, uh, you know, that's Warren Buffett put a lot of money to work there. Uh, J.P. Morgan, Bank America, PNC, a bunch of names like that. So uh, that's something to keep your eye on because things could get really, really interesting there. Um, you know, I look at the the market and the Dow Jones is kind of interesting because it went down the full eighteen percent from where Bob Dickey was talking about it last, uh, you know, April, and um, now it's popped right back up and it needs, you know, I think twenty seven thousand like three hundred is the new high. And it's, it's, you know, it's closing in on, I think it hit 2,600 on Friday. So, you know, we're, we're having this big move up. 
Um, but look, you know, the market often moves further than you would expect. Okay. So, you know, get a 19% rally over the past two months. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't ready for it. It wasn't as ready as I should have been for it. Let's put it that way. And you had the equal size decline in the month before that. So, um, Look, the market is continuing with this volatile nature, and we expect to see some of a, a, you know the testing of the December low within the longer-term range. I don't know if it's going to happen near, now or whatever, but I would say this. Uh, small caps are still cheap. You know, they're still, they're still below the valuation where they were in 2007 and 2008. And, you know, Bernanke threw all that money out of the helicopters to save those companies, okay, plus GE and a couple other names. But, uh, you know, it, it that is an area that you have to pay very close attention to, um, you know, and, and I would just suggest that, uh, you know, there's, well, let's put it this way. The insider buying lately has been so significant that I've talked about it. It's, it's the highest in eight years. And, and it's not just the insiders. It's people like value act and starboard, you know, starboard, but, uh, Papa John's pizza. And they bought, uh, um, Symantec and, you know, uh, value, value act bought, uh, um, storage tech. And, you know, so these, these things are, are interesting and, um, you know, I'll just leave it at that. I did find a couple other things that, uh, I thought I'd mention is, um, we, we, uh, I don't know if I want to go there. (laughs) Um, is with all these insider buys, uh, we're still seeing, you know, for the year money being out of the market. So they've taken $14 billion out of the market. And even with last week being the first week where they actually had inflows, they've taken 14 billion. I think, no, I'm, I'm sorry. It was four nineteen 19 billion for the year. They've taken out of the market. So the market's going up and they're, they're, they're tossing it out. The institutional money is going into the market. So the retail broker or the retail uh, person is is really not paying close enough attention here. So, um, anyway, look, I think we have a couple things going for us. Number one, uh, I I don't see uh, that you know everybody was talking about the the ten year Treasury yield breaking the downtrend line dating back to nineteen eighty two. Well, it hasn't done it. So interest rates are still not going up. So no matter what you hear, you can look at the chart. Interest rates are still going down. They're not going up. So at best, I think they go sideways for a pretty long time because the demand for money is not that great. Okay, uh, so I also think that we're going to be bouncing in between this um, um, this big range we have on the Dow Jones and the S and P five hundred and the and the Nasdaq, and it'll be interesting to see um, if we have this change to value, because value, like I said, is underperformed for the longest period of time in the history of the stock market. So, uh, you know, I think you want to pay particular attention to that and. Uh, uh, once again, gold thirteen seventy five. A break there would be very important, I think. And until that, I'm I'm not, you know, overly um, aggressive. Um, I, I'll suggest this: that the market forecast. Look, we just had a lot of bad economic news, so there's a chance that we have this dip that we talk about, and then the news will get brighter and things will uh, look good. But uh, you know, we have gone up eleven percent in the S and P five hundred in in two months, and so you want to you know. Let things come to you is what I'm going to suggest. In the meantime, you know, why not start putting together some uh, information for your portfolio? We have the Technology, Internet, Media, and, and Telecommunications Conference. 
That's a great piece. Highly recommend it. Uh, also, our dividend growth portfolio and our prime income list. Prime income list for you retirees who are looking for ideas. It works great. Uh, our newsletter comes out. New one coming out. Just came out this week. Uh, probably be hitting the, you know, the people who are on my email list. If you'd like to get on my email list, you know, you just go to my webpage, go to, uh, uh, Bing or Google, Tim Hayes radio, or go to WHK 1420 local podcast, go down to Tim Hayes. Don't forget April 8th, we have Bob Dickey, who's won every award there ever had for a technical analyst on the planet. He's coming into town. So we're going to go over the charts and we're going to go over deep, deep, value from marshfield they do a great job when they were buying chipotle nobody was buying chipotle it's up 75 percent from where they're bought where they bought it phenomenal stuff uh and they will be at the marriott airport from six to eight uh and i i highly recommend it uh like i said last year we had 63 people 19 said it was the best uh show they've seen so uh keep your fingers crossed and uh but in, in the meantime, I, I'm not sending out the bond list, uh, but our top ideas, our ADRs, our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list, our technology, internet, media, and telecommunications stuff, all good things to be starting to, to put together a portfolio for you. If you need, need my help, let me know. In the meantime, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Don't forget, buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.